Hello and welcome back everybody to another episode of My Life in Games with Silas and Sage. Sage. And Silas, the back Sage. at it again. <laughs> what episode is this? 14? Uh, Man, 14. up on that 20 mark. It feels good. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're still going and still doing this, so obviously... Uh, Something is, is right in the world, or really wrong, whichever way you want to look at it. Our listeners don't have a choice anymore. So, <laughs> that's right. You do what we say, or listen, anyway. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, our last episode was a two-parter, which, of course, we released uh, back-to-back weeks. And uh, now it's been a, a couple of weeks since the that second part. So, uh, yeah, what uh, what kind of updates you got going on, Sage? What? Anything new uh, game-wise? Actually, yes. I was um, I was introduced, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this later. I was introduced to a new RPG, kind of a, a JRPG, kind of, uh, called Dragon's Dogma. It was uh, originally released in 2013, I believe. And it's just an absolutely phenomenal game. So that's it's been uh, absorbing quite a bit of my time, along with some Elder Scrolls Online with the wifey. Uh, outside of, outside of that, like now it's been a lot of chill time, to be honest with you. It's been nice to have a little bit of away from the division time is, I mean, I don't, for, <laughs> for my fellow agents out there, don't be mad at me. Um, but we've been waiting for the next global event to come out to release, uh, our next tiers of, of classified gear. And uh, the grind is just, it's grindy, you know, still trying to get that second house. So it's been nice to have something else to play and get into. And of course, a nice story filled RPG is always top of the list. So uh, yeah, I've been playing uh, a lot of Dragon's Dogma, a lot of uh, Elder Scrolls Online. And uh, outside of that, I've been working on the official Division themed song. And it is completely written and 90% recorded. So uh, hopefully tomorrow I'll have the rest of that finished up and uh, have that released out into the wild, into the world for better or worse. I'm, I'm prepared for the hate to come in, <laughs> but I think Sage, what, what did, did you, you do? do? You've destroyed this. And I, think, no. I think it's really good. You know, I've, I've created the song in the style of, of a dark folk kind of, uh, kind of, you know, gritty, uh, guitar, acoustic guitar kind of work and, and some soulful harmonies and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be really good. I hope people enjoy it. But uh, outside of that, man, that's been it. That's a relaxed time, some good RPGs, working on some music. Sage's life is good. Oh, there you go. Yeah, for me, it's been, as per the usual, lots of dirtiness at work and i won't even get into all the details of that. <laughs> Just know that as as per usual, whether it's streaming electronics or just my life and it, it work shit gets borked it just happens things happen it's just me whatever <laughs> um but on the, on the upper side of course you know i'm still playing uh xenoblade i'm slowly getting my way through that i'm at about 140 plus hours nice. now um i am creeping up toward the end of it um my last stream i just hit chapter nine uh, I think there's only a couple more chapters left. I mean, you can kind of tell just storyline-wise, everything's kind of starting to come together and, and culminate. So I know I'm getting getting close to that that end mark, plus the fact of it's just really cranking up the appearance of extra rare hard monsters. There's a lot more of them showing up now for some reason <laughs> to come and try to brutalate my life in that game, and occasionally I do die. Um, one such event actually happened on my stream where I was about... 30 plus minutes into a fight with this thing because it kept summoning like everything on the floor just kept coming to it and I had it almost dead and then I died. <laughs> Rage. It, I was not happy. Controller broken. <laughs> One of those moments where you could just take and throw a controller through a wall, but you don't. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, you know what? We're going to try this differently and just we're not going to go there now. I'm sad and you know, whatever. Um, outside of that though, I have downloaded a couple of different demos and tried them out recently. Uh, one of which is for a game that's already out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, but is releasing on the Switch February 9th, I believe is the release day. So soon, very soon. And that is Dragon Quest Builders. Now, I was curious, and I usually don't 
play the builder games a whole lot, but you know, sometimes where games incorporate that kind of stuff, I like it. So I'm like, all right, well, I like the old Dragon Quest games, and you know, sometimes building is cool, so I'll just check it out. And I went and played the demo, and the next thing I knew, I had sunk about eight or nine hours into a demo. So that might be something that I may pick up later. I don't know. But by the time I was done with the demo, I had like a whole big wall. I turned my little town that you start with that you're trying to build up with only a whole couple of buildings into like a mini castle with a moat. <laughs> like I took the time to dig down into the land and actually make it so that, you know, dig, you dig far enough down. Eventually you hit water and I actually dug it all out and had it all set up. Like I put a lot of time into it and just didn't realize it because I was just having a good time with it. So that I'm like, okay, well, maybe I need to rethink this. Maybe that might be a game I might uh, pick up after it releases, depending on what else I have going on. And maybe I'll use it as like my in between my main game. Maybe it's my break game kind of thing. So sometimes you do that when you got a couple and you you have one game where you kind of you fill it in Um, the division. Of course, I still have to finish. (laughs) I still have to finish Zelda. So, you know, (laughs) I've had that since, you know, since, you know, that's just and that's been my my, pretty much my main break game because I've been playing other stuff. And then I go play Zelda for, you know, a few days or a week or whatever. And then I go play whatever else. It's just I like taking my time uh, with that game because it is a lot of fun. But, you know, sometimes you got to break it up. Uh, But Xenoblade's been been my primary and we're getting close. Close to the end. hours is huge. And without, you know, again, I got to go back to Skyrim. A game that you can pour just massive tons of time in, but I still don't think for main storyline, even completing all of the side quests and all that stuff that it equaled out 140 hours, you would go back to work on your legendary status, you know, on your certain abilities and stuff like that. But, you know, for main storyline to be, to have 140 hours into it without completing it first is pretty huge and unheard of nowadays. Uh, yeah. Well, again, part of that's because I'm doing a lot of the side quests as I'm going through the main story. So I'm taking that time to do those. If you just rock through the main story, I'm sure it's a lot yeah. shorter. <laughs> Even as, as far as side quests go, I mean, I still, I'm a, I'm the same way. Like I'll complete side quests and stuff first before I, you know, I try and do everything in order with my main quest. I still feel like 140 hours is huge comparatively. It is. It's yeah, it's 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 definitely a lot. We haven't seen that kind of thing in a very long time where you have that kind of time sync, you know, Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1, you know. <laughs> you think of the original like Fantasy yeah, Star kinda, games and uh uh what else? Even the, but even the original Fantasy Star, like it was heavily dialogue based. You had to read everything. The fact that they put in all of this audio you look at Elder Scrolls Online, it's full of side quests. Like you you can't stop playing that game, but they've made it to where it's a time consumer and not necessarily rewarding as far as storyline goes. And I feel like when I watch you play this game when you stream it, the storyline isn't just there's a lot of fetch. There's like, you know, fetching is just part of any RPG, but it adds to the story. Like it, it it's connected. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the side, the side quests were actually really well thought out, and I feel like even though the one, one of the main, uh, I don't want to say evil characters, but we'll just say one of the main villain characters um, in the game is actually really, really well written. And even though he he's a villain, I really like him. So there's actually a couple of main villains in Xenoblade Chronicles too. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> and they they don't really work together either. Hmm. So <laughs> yeah, the the end of chapter eight is a good like 10, 15 minutes of of watching story movie video game. <laughs> <laughs> but well worth it. Lots of things happen. It's pretty cool. Structure <laughs> structure is really difficult anymore for for game developers to to hit. You know, we we mentioned the word pacing. Pacing is so difficult yeah. to get anymore and uh whether it's because of their timelines and working on other projects at the same time, having people pulled to work on those projects, being behind, you know, you see the DLC is the main way that we use to get content that when it wasn't able or wasn't ready in the, in the initial release. And you were just talking about Knights of the old Republic too, right? There was some, yeah, yeah there was some yes. stuff that was missing with that. <laughs> Nothing big, you know, just a planet and some other things they couldn't make it into the game. And so they've, you know, there's mods now that you can download, right. That allow you to play yeah. those quests. 
But yes, yeah. At least what we at least at least what was what was there. Some of it's improvised because a lot of it was unfinished. So people kind of took what they could, and you know, like okay, well. <laughs> They just, you know, the, from the references that were still in the code and whatnot, they took and, you know, did, did whatever with it. But still, <clears throat> it would be nice to see a re-release of that game, an HD remaster, if you will, but uh, maybe more than an HD remaster. Because some some HD remasters don't feel like they put a whole lot of effort into. It's like, okay, we made a couple of new things and just pretty much upscaled the entire thing and didn't really actually remaster the thing yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying sometimes i feel like that that title is slapped on games just so they can make money off of a re-release but uh, a good hd remaster you know if they they bumped it up maybe tweaked the you know the battle system a little bit you know obviously some of the well-known glitches uh hopefully wouldn't still be there they would fix that kind of thing and you know put back in content that didn't make it you know, that maybe should have been there that they wanted to be there and, and have it be the whole story they wanted it to be. That would be fantastic. I would buy that. I would say, Hey, take my money, take my 60 bucks. Give me that game. Like you said though, unfortunately it ends up looking like we added this uh, refined texture pack, $60, please. Yeah. Well, if, if that's all you want, you can, uh, again, mods, there's plenty of HD texture packs out there already that are much better than a lot of HD remasters. So, you know, <laughs> Yeah. And so but if that uh, but if that says anything about uh the game itself and how much people love it they took the time to go through and and you know redo a lot of these graphics and skins and stuff. But what would be great though is, you know, if they remastered it in a way where okay, take Knights of the Old Republic and drop that thing in like the Unreal 4 engine, Frostbite, something. Yeah. Give me that and then do some high res textures. It would look fantastic. Yeah. It would take a lot more time. They couldn't just pump it out in like two months and be done with it. It would take a while, but it'd be worth it. Your game would you you it would be great. And not to mention, if you put it on a newer console, then you could do some of your DLC if that's what you wanted to do. And you know, I don't know, maybe I guess maybe a reboot remaster. I don't know what the heck you would call that, but it would be fantastic, and I would buy it. Well, they, <laughs> if we could give yeah, me more Star Wars, what Hollywood is doing Not with, by Disney, though. with all of the superhero movies. Like we don't, we've got a Spider-Man reboot every two and a half years. It feels like, and then origin stories for this, that, and the other, like we're inundated with these different versions of the same stories and they're making tons and tons of money off of it. But we don't see that translate into games, which is really strange yeah. to me because there's nothing I would like more than to go back to say fantasy star online completely remade, you know, use the base game, but, but remake it, retexturize it, HD it, throw in some of the stuff that was missing before, but take what you've already got. I will gladly give you another $60 to be able to play one of my all time favorite games. Again, um, Hollywood is doing it with their threat and they're making, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on that. If not more, after they have a release, why can't we do that with, with games? You know, the, it's funny how the structure is different to me, but you gotta be able to make that work though. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, I guess in a way, again, some of these HD remasters are kind of, you know, I guess some people look at that the same. I don't, obviously you don't, but some people look at it as the same thing and, and it's not, they just kind of cheaply, you know, Basically, to me, some of the HD remasters are good, and other ones are kind of like when someone does do a reboot, and they basically copy the exact same story with the exact same thing in pretty much the exact same order, but we just have different actors. Okay, well, if you're rebooting, at least do something different, add something to it, make it your version of the story, you know, change it up a little bit, and, you know... Do something new with it if, if you can. If not, then at least you know do the best you can with it. Don't just be like basically a carbon copy. Mm. Don't be cheap about it. Don't 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 be great. At it, I guess <laughs> it's kind of what mm. I'm getting at here. You know, speaking of of carbon copies and, mm. and structure, it's really easy to carbon copy and structure stream teams now. 
Yeah. This is a this is a a, a deep well <laughs> kind of subject for both of us. We had a, a really cool yeah. and in depth conversation about this before. But uh, stream teams. What is the purpose of a stream team? What is it supposed to do? And uh, I think what it what it comes down to in my mind is it is supposed to be structured in a way that it allows uh, people that join that stream team for streamers uh, to connect with other streamers, build their channels, and of course get some uh, more visibility on social media, depending on where, if they're on Facebook or Twitter or whatever the case may be. But um, it's supposed to ultimately drive viewership into your channels. It doesn't always work out that way. Silas, talk to us a little bit about stream teams. Okay. There's a lot of different things I can say. <laughs> Not that I've been a part of any major ones, but you know, I've, I've done it myself, you know, either where you, where you set it up yourself or, you know, you've been a part of another one or whatever, or you, you know, someone, everyone, if, if you're streaming at all, you've pretty much, you've either seen and you're on Twitter or any kind of social media, you've either seen certain stream teams or in some way been affected or at least seen it. So you'll have somewhat, of kind of an idea, but it's, it's everywhere at this point. And it seems to be a big, big thing that a lot of different people are trying to use. Um, you know, Hey, come, come join our, our stream team. We'll help you grow. Uh, you know, we'll help you get, get the viewers and stuff, you know, uh, cause maybe you're just one of them streamers that, you know, you're that hidden gem streamer that, you know, you do really good, but for some reason you don't got the viewership. So once you get the, the people there, they'll, they'll stick around, you know, we'll help you get that and you'll be set. You'll be, you'll be partner in no time. Okay. They like to promise a lot of things, at least some of the bigger ones. Anyway, I'm not going to name no names, names. <laughs> uh, but that's that just my perspective from what I've seen and experienced is kind of, this seems to be the base starting point, at least, especially anymore. That's kind of the thing, you know, promise you the world. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's fine and fine and dandy. So, you know, you're like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll check this one out. I'll join this team. And some of them don't really have much of a, Prerequisites and other ones do, you know, if you're streaming certain types of games, uh, FPSs, uh, PVP, non-PVP, whatever, or maybe even if it's uh, online RPGs, maybe maybe it's for Warcraft or whatever. Although I don't know of any stream teams for Warcraft that's really anymore. But anyway, I'm just <laughs> pulling stuff, you know, just picking a name and using it, uh, just example purposes here. Um, but whatever the case may be, you know, whether it's for you know uh, MMO rating things for people who do that or whatever the stream team happens to be, or maybe it's just streaming in general. Uh, there's a lot of different variations of stuff, but certain things seem to all be the same. You got this person who's like, okay, well, we'll help build you up. You know, we'll, we'll tweet out when you go live. We'll, you know, help, you know, bring, bring viewers to your stream, host you all this other fun, happy stuff that sounds magical and fantastic. Okay. Well, I'm just going to grow and whatnot and, and you'll go through the process, whether it's, you know, they want you to, you know, maybe you need to have at least one stream that's at such and such time so they can host you, you know, because maybe their person gets some of their other people get done at whatever time. And one of them will host you if you start at such and such time, you know, they, they've got it thought out, whatever. And so you do that. You make sure you, you do the things that they want you to do so that way you can get get that bump because you want that bump. And they're tweeting you out on Twitter. And of course, you know, you go through, you, you retweet them and you you follow them on Twitter, you know, because you got to follow them back and all that happy stuff, you know. And you get that little bump and you're like, oh, OK, well, it's, it's working. I'm getting 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 viewers a lot of people are piling in and they'll talk for a minute whatever they'll come check your stream out and then as time goes by you start to notice yeah i got that bump but nobody's really sticking around now there's a lot of different possible reasons for that maybe maybe you're not as entertaining as you thought you were or <laughs> which which happens. you know i mean that's honest which happens or you know or maybe it's just maybe there's a good possibility you're just reaching the wrong audience. The wrong audience. That's a very interesting point. So when you're joining a stream team, typically the uh, the other people are going to be retweeting you going live. And, uh, you know, it's, if it's a support streamers or a small streamer support type of thing, and uh, it's other streamers that want to support you. But it's not necessarily other streamers that you are going to be your target audience because somebody who streams 
you, Silas, me, of course. When I'm streaming, like that's my that's my work time. That's my stream time. I like to try and schedule time outside of that to kind of scout for other smaller streamers to support and to host and you know give them that kind of support. But uh, when I finish a six hour stream, like it's not necessarily my first priority to just sit around and watch Twitch for another few hours. It doesn't doesn't work out that way because we're busy. You know, I think all streamers are. If you're a streamer, you're fitting in time where you can to do your stream. Whereas viewers who are a part of Twitch um, are looking to be entertained, they will stay there, you know, because now if they're doing that, that's their free time. So they're they're looking for somebody to hang out with and do that with. So you see this initial boost, this bump of of followership from the rest of the stream team. And then that followership just kind of falls off and the viewers fall off because you've targeted other streamers that are a part of the stream team. And let's face it more often than not, like you said, they're the ones that are retweeting you on Twitter or, you know, sharing on Facebook or whatever the case is, they aren't your target audience. It's great to have that little boost, but that is a plateau. That is a ceiling that you hit really, really fast. And then there's, there's nothing else. Like it's, it's literally back to the grind and it can be really deflating I, I've been a part of several communities and teams on and off. And I can say that while they are, they are helpful for that initial boost. I, I don't think new streamers should get caught into that trap. And I say it a trap loosely because there are good stream, good stream teams out there and it's great to network with other streamers. I think that's fantastic. But if you're looking for that to be a, a means to an end to either get partnered or, you know, to boost your followership consistently, I just don't think that that's the way to do it. Yeah. I am. Um, I, I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> and, and again, you've had experience, I've had experience, so we may not be the biggest streamers on the planet, but we've definitely both had plenty of experience. I mean, I've basically been streaming on and off since uh, late 2013. Now, if you look at my channel, I don't look real huge. And you're like, why the hell should I even listen to this guy? Well, I've been around the block. I might not have a huge following, but there's various reasons why, you know, personal life, stream time, all that kind of thing. There's various things that my numbers have gone up and they've gone down and they've gone up. And they've gone down and I do know what works. And I, and when I have the time, my stream grows and so on and so forth. It's just, it's just the life of a streamer. Now, when it comes to the stream teams, and of course I've had experience with that, which is part of where some of the numbers have gone really, really up, 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 up. And then they either stop or gradually go down is, you know, from that kind of, uh, I don't want to say backlash, but yeah, that kind of happens. And just targeting the wrong audience. Um, like, like you said, Sage, you know, other streamers were, were busy. So if you're targeting other people who stream, it's great to network with them and it's good to get to know other streamers and, you know, maybe do some collaborations and you can help each other out, but don't count on a streamer as a viewer. Yeah. I think is the whole point we're getting at here. You need to target viewers for viewers for views. And it's like, okay, well that makes sense, but sounds weird. Well, Again, you know, uh, the streamer is, is busy. The streamer is the person who's going to be going out there. They're only going to spend so much time in your stream because maybe they're either getting ready for bed. They just got done streaming. You know, they might raid you and come hang out and say hi. But then after a little bit, they're gone because, you know, they need to get resting to spend time with wife, husband, whatever, uh, dog, cat, whatever it happens to be, sleep, work, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. Or maybe they're coming in beforehand. But the uh, point is they have other things that is pressing that they need to get to where people who are just on Twitch, Mixer, whatever uh, your stream platform happens to be that are just there to watch. They're either interested in the game like you know, we've talked about before where we've went and watched streams because there's a game that just came out. We're thinking about getting it or whatever. We want to see what it's about. So we'll go watch someone streaming. Now, when we're in that mode... And I want to say viewer mode, essentially, where we not just don't their stream. Maybe it's our day off from streaming, whatever. And we're looking to view. We're going to stick around. And if we like somebody, we'll follow them and we'll stick around. We'll probably go back and watch them again uh, later on, especially if, you know, they're very, you know, if we ask them questions about the game and they're helpful or whatever. Um, so you want to target people that are out to view. You don't want to target those who are also streaming so much. I mean, it's great 
to, to get the help and, and to network, as Sage said. But at the end of the day, you want return repeat viewers and you want ones that are going to come hang out and be a part of your stream and grow your community, which is you know something yeah. we talked about a lot in the last episode. It's, it's a grind. Um and there, there are other, there are other things that you got to watch out with stream teams, and we'll get into that in just a second. But I do want to add that there is no shortcut, guys and gals. There is no shortcut. It takes consistency, effort, and there's no one that can do it for you. It's all of that network and everything is fine, but expect it to be um, exactly what it is. It's, it's a networking vehicle <laughs> and that's, that's just about it. You're going to meet other streamers um, and you're, you're going to be able to get those hosts when you want them. And that's going to boost some followership. But keep in mind that these people that are in a stream team, they also, they're more than likely going to be dividing their hosts amongst all the rest of these viewers. So if you've got a huge, huge community you're a part of that can work for you or it can work against you. So keep that in mind. Stay realistic. There's at the end of the day, there's nobody that can do this for you. You you have to stay on the grind. You have to continue working on your brand, and uh, continue <clears throat> drawing in the people that you want by your actions on stream. Whether that's uh, you're you're mainly an, an interactive type of person, and you're trying to draw people out and you know ask them about their day and get to know them. If that's your format, then by all means. Or if it's elite PvP content, whatever it is. Um, continue to hone what your, what your brand is. And then, you know, those people will come in. Consistency is going to be the main thing that'll do it for you. Uh, there are dark sides to stream teams. Welcome to the dark side. And, and <laughs> we see that too often is carbon copy, that structure. And it, it does feel a bit pyramid schemey. And if it feels a little weird to you, Go with it, because there's probably a good reason why it feels weird. The dark side of stream teams, <clears throat> the first and most obvious one is that uh, the individual who is running it, or in some, some cases it's multiple individuals, but more often than not, it's a single person, at least to begin with, until they get big enough to have to split it. Um, they're referenced on their, you know, this is the stream team and it's run by X, Y, or Z. Now, again, I have to preface that this is not all stream teams. We're just talking about be mindful of this, these, the dark-sided ones. Everything references back to its creator. And what they're doing is they're, they're, they're on uh, you know, several different social medias. They're Facebook, they're on Twitter, they've, they've, they're on Instagram, Snapchat, and all of that. And uh, it seems like that they're doing you a really big favor uh, because they have all this followership across different platforms but there's something that can happen. You're spending all this time liking and retweeting and, and sharing their content and other streamers. And then what you find is the person who is benefiting the most from you filling your feed with their stuff is them. Silas, have you come across any situation personally where you have found that um, that's the case? Do you see that more often than not? Do you see a trend with stream teams that are kind of structured this way and the person who's benefiting is usually the person who's running it? Um, I have to say, yeah, I, I have seen that again. No names, nothing like that. It, it doesn't happen all the time, but it is something that definitely has happened to me more than once. Um, like I said, I've, I've tried different things and it's just, it comes out to be where you, you step back and it's like, all right. I'm seeing, you know, all this happen, but the only thing, you know, not that you should just be out, everything's about me and, you know, whatnot. Yeah, but you join a stream team so that way you can work together. And in the end, when you see it's kind of more or less all toward one person, like you said, like a pyramid scheme, uh, that kind of deal, it makes you want to, it's like, all right, I'm going to step away. We're slowly back <laughs> away. So this raptor doesn't eat me. Because after a while, if you keep feeding into it, like you said, you're not helping yourself. You're just helping that person at the top. And, and I mean, you, you might get a little bit, but really it's a vehicle for them, not for you. And it affects your brand, doesn't it? Like 
you yeah. you have a social media presence as a as a streamer, as a content creator, whatever the case is. And uh, your followers that say aren't a part of the stream, your your viewership that are following you, they're seeing this and they're like, "Hmm. Are are you your own brand or are you a part of are, are you a part of them? Your viewers are going to be checking out this team as well. You know, more than likely they're going to, they're going to click that link and thus enters another pitfall of a team is, um, especially if it's structured in such a way where it's only one person officiating, whether their intentions are good or not. Um, what does the team's brand look like and does it fit with yours? Yes, you do have a brand. Uh, so is that a trap as well? Do you see... Or have you experienced yourself in a way that uh, people come to your stream expecting a certain type of content and uh, that reflects maybe the team's mentality, but you have a bit of a different brand yourself? Have you ever seen a situation where those don't jive together well? Uh, Most definitely. And and it can get even more deeper than that. If let's say you're part of a a stream team and maybe you're also part of a community and while they may be similar, they're different. And then you get people from either one and, and uh, maybe, maybe initially when you did everything, everything did jive, everything did match up. And then later on you, as you start figuring out what it is you want to do stream wise, content creation wise, whatever it is, and you start honing in on that you find you're, you're moving apart from that, but you know, you're still supporting over here because you've been a part of that team. So, or community or whatever the case may be. And then the longer you go, at some point you start to see there's like the grand Canyon of a divide between what you're doing and what that looks like. But yet you're still getting people from over there and it can create some tension and some issues that um, you end up having to deal with where they're expecting, you know, well, your stream used to be this way or, you know, the community, the community that you're a part of is, is like this and you're not doing that. And you know, they can create problems with, with viewers and heated arguments and things like that, <laughs> which you don't want to have those on stream. Uh, if, if it gets to that point, you know, do a sidebar with the person message them after you're done the stream, whatever it is you got to do, uh, but handle it the best you can on stream and try to move past that. And then, you know, deal with it at a later point, but Part of the thing is you don't want to have that problem in the first place. So if you start to see that kind of thing starting to pop up, you need to start making some decisions. Do you need to distance yourself from that group? Or if you really like that group for whatever reason and you want to show support, then you need to find another way to support, whether it's indirectly or maybe you know you just don't have their flag flying on your stream, whatever the case may be. And yeah, maybe then they won't, they might not, you know, show when you go live. But if it keeps the issues out of your stream to where you can relax and do what you need to do, then worth it. Because in the end, you want those repeat viewers and you want to build that community that you want, not the community that they already have or whatever the case may be. You know, you don't want to put up with crap because that's just going to make you depressed and sad and that's going to suck. You want to set yourself up for success. And stream teams can be a lot of help, but they can also be a hindrance and pigeonhole you because as your community is growing and you're figuring out what it is that you want to do as I, I didn't start off being a family friendly stream, <laughs> you know, I, that's not, that's not how it started for me. Now, fortunately I'm not, I'm not really affiliated with any group um, heavily to where, you know, their followership affects mine and we have, you know, some cross brand issues, but um, you have to take, you have to take that into consideration that not only is your brand uh, going to grow and change with your audience and as you grow and change as a streamer, but uh, the stream team's brand may grow and change. What can happen when you do have to make that decision to leave is a lot of hurt feelings. If that's the case, you know, if you, if you've noticed that there's this divergence, (laughs) there's this separating going on and you guys just don't, you know, you get along with the folks there, but you really just don't, you know, have the same type of viewers and, uh, and you, and you need to separate that can cause some hurt feelings <clears throat> and you could end up losing partners. You know, like we said, this is just the, the kind of the dark side of things that streamers need to be wary of when they're starting, uh, to look at different teams and wanting to join. So not all of them are bad. Please don't take th- that. We're saying that 
But you have to be mindful of these things and allow yourself the room to grow and change. But also keep in mind that that stream team is going to grow and change. Uh, they are built and structured to draw in and bring in more people to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And they are going to change. And the quality of that stream team is definitely going to change as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so w- w- with with all that being said, so number one, if you do want to um, join a stream team, in my opinion, personally, uh, you shouldn't do it too early. That was one of the mistakes I made. And of course, when you're starting off, that's one thing I think a lot of people make is they're like, okay, well, if I do this, it's going to help me grow. And I'm, you know, I'm a small streamer. I want to get bigger quicker, which isn't always a good thing. Um, so Sage, you're su- what would you suggest to people if they do, if they are thinking about joining a stream team, at what point do you, do you do that? What, what do you think the prerequisites before you even think about joining a stream team? What, where should you be at? Know that stream teams, that's a really good question. Know that all stream teams, <laughs> all of them, 100% of them uh, are geared in some way, shape or form for new streamers. Why? Well, be, that's going to be their target audience to bring in new streamers. That's going to be a big part of their growth. A huge percentage of their growth is because new streamers think that that is a necessity, that you have to do it. Uh, wait until you have something to offer, until you have leverage. Because what happens when you join a stream team, and again, this is just my opinion, you're just super, super grateful to be a part and that they're doing this for you and doing that for you. But when it comes time, maybe down the road where they either want you to make changes, if they're that type of team, they are out there. Don't be, don't be uh, naive and think that those don't exist because there may come a time when they ask for something back from you or they want you to do X, Y, or Z, or maybe change this format. Or if you go into it, having your own community and your own fellowship to where you know yourself enough to set and define your own rules for what is acceptable to you and what is not. Um, that number could be 800 followers. That number could be 1500 followers. I would recommend you really feel yourself out and ask yourself, do I have an established routine? When I start my stream, are there certain things that I do every stream Uh, whether that's, do I have a greet screen? So I I go through my initial countdown and then I talk to my community for 10 minutes. Uh, If you're at that point where you have a set program of things that you go to before you start your stream, you're probably mature enough as a streamer and you have a large enough following a to warrant having those specific screens, those specific uh, uh, actions that you go through, because you've got a lot of people there that you want to pay attention to that you're, that you're uh, building your stream around. So that's a good sign. If you, if you just go live immediately into your game and you don't have really anybody there, then maybe it's time for you to wait because you want to make sure that you have something not only to offer, but to, in a sense, this sounds bad, but to, to barter, because if they see that you don't have anybody there, they really feel that they're the ones doing you a favor. And that's not the position you want to be in. Yeah. You, you don't want to get taken no, advantage of. No, you have of. worth. Let me tell you right now. You have worth. You have plenty to offer, whether or not somebody is there or not. Don't allow joining a stream team to uh, blind you as to the type of followership that you're going to get, you may get this initial burst, but believe me that that balloon is going to pop and um, you're going to be right back to the grind. Yeah. You've got more followers, but you know, once you hit that next goal, it's not good enough. You got 800 followers. Now you want 900, Ah, 800. I got 800. Now I want 900. Well, I've got 10 people that are consistently in my stream all the time. And you would have been thrilled with that to start off with, but now you want 20. You're always going to have goals set in front of you. Don't think that a stream team is going to solve all of your problems because it's not. So wait until you have something to offer. Wait until you know yourself as a streamer to where you've had to set up different scenes 
to appeal, to talk to these people, you know, that, that's a good sign of how complicated your stream is becoming because your community warrants it. And if you're getting to the point where you have a discord and you have to add more moderators to help the, the growth of your community to help moderate it. And, um, you know, you're, maybe you're starting to have some community issues too. Maybe some people that don't get along, that's probably a good sign that you're doing something right because you're going to have a lot of conflicting personalities coming into your, <laughs> into your community. So I, I can't say that there's a target number, you know, but if you're starting to have, if you're starting to have issues, <laughs> With your community, that's probably a good thing. If if you're starting to need to revamp and make new scenes because you know you're you're trying out new things, then I think that's a good thing. You've got something to offer, um, but just wait. Don't pigeonhole yourself into something because you're going to grow and change, and so is that stream team, and they may grow and change out of what your brand is and what you want. All right, all right. Well, just uh, a couple more quick things. Uh, number one. So we've talked about the stream teams. We've talked about the growth, all that stuff. What, what should we recommend to people to do instead of if they want to have some growth and, and maybe work with somebody else instead of doing a stream team, what, what would be the alternate option? What, what would be a, a better idea? I think, <clears throat> I think that the best thing that you can do is, is what stream teams are designed to do initially, which is connect you with other streamers. Um, but I think that the perception gets what we perceive it. It gets a little blurry, blurry there, you know, after some time, but uh, you don't need a stream team to connect with other streamers. If you've got a game that you enjoy playing, I'll just use the division. I go through the division playlist and I find new streamers. I follow them. I have time set aside. Now, granted it's not after every stream, but I have time set aside to go and visit some of these new streamers and hang out. I don't go in there and say, it's not a sales pitch, you know, I don't go there and say, Hey, you know, I'm a streamer too. And you know, that's really the wrong thing. Yeah. That's, that's the you worst thing you can do. And then that's don't rude send them hell. a message. Don't do any of that. Just go and be a part of their community. If there's somebody that you really like and uh, wait for that opportunity to arise to say, Hey, you know, by the way, I, I really enjoy your content. Um, I've, I have X amount of followers as well. You want to make sure you're, you're also, if you're looking to do like a co-stream or some type of co-venture, um, you want to target people that are around your followership and very close to it because let's face it, streamers are very, they're very particular about who they do content with. And that more than likely somebody with 15,000 followers is not going to do something with somebody with 150. So, you know, stay, stay in your league, target other, other streamers, get to know them appreciate their content, be a part of their community, do it wholeheartedly. Don't do it just to boost your numbers. Cause if, if that's what you're doing, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You want to build partnerships. You want to build friendships. That's what's going to help you truly grow and bring in uh, the viewers that really matter. So if they have a similar brand that, that you do, uh, if they have a similar following that you do and you enjoy them as a fellow content creator, let that friendship grow and then leave it up to them. You know, don't be pushy. This isn't a sales pitch. You know, <laughs> this is this is building a, a, a genuine friendship and partnership. And once you do that, you'll see that you, you're hosting them and then they shoot you a host and you've got their viewers coming over to you and your viewers are going over to them and you both kind of grow together. And uh, before you know it, you're doing kind of what a stream team does already, but you decide what the brand is. You decide who the streamers are. And, uh, and then you can go from there. Whereas with a stream team, you don't have any control over who comes in and who, who goes out. So you can do all of that networking on your own and it's going to be the best partnerships if you're doing it on your own, as opposed to just a, a list of usernames on a playlist, you know, in the stream team. So that's what I would do. You can network yourself. Network yourself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So with all that said and all the things we've brought up and whatnot, I do want to take a moment to recognize someone who has been growing their stream. Somebody that I've worked with before who also streamed on Mixer. Uh, we co-streamed a little bit and uh, I've mentioned him a couple of times in, in a couple of the other casts. He's been doing very well, but uh, he actually just got his affiliate status. Uh, like Drum a week roll, ago. please. 
uh, and that would be uh, Neutron, who also goes by J Neutron on oh, Twitch. That's awesome. Um, he's yeah, he streams a lot of RPGs. He streams indie stuff. He does do some shooters and things too. Um, but he sets aside. He's got like a whole schedule. He's got a whole list of games he's going to play for the year. He's definitely got some some organization and whatnot. Um, and he's 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 a pretty good guy, and he he's grown a lot since uh since I started, you know, uh, even uh, interacting with him. And of course I know he, he will continue to do so, but yeah, he was really excited. He, he got his, his affiliate, uh, affiliate ship finally. And so I think that's going to kind of push him to do some more, but yeah, big shout out to, to Neutron. Go, uh, go check him out sometime. If you guys got a minute, yes, I know I'm plugging him, but he's a cool dude. Very chill, very relaxed. It's uh, our podcast. We can do very, that. very good guy. <laughs> Man, we can do whatever the fuck we want. No, Neutron <laughs> is awesome. GG Neutron. Way to go, buddy. That's awesome. All right. So moving on from all that now, there was a, a, a game you mentioned at the uh, beginning of the show that uh, you said you were getting into um, that you want to talk about later. So uh, tell us a little bit about that uh, Dragon's, Dragon's Dogma. Because uh, I haven't played it and I'm into RPGs, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious. And you haven't streamed it, so it's not like I could go watch you soon, play it. I'm actually going to stream it uh, this week. <laughs> and so you know, starting Monday, I'm back into my stream schedule. I'll have to try to pop in it's, there then. It's a fantastic game. Again, it was released in uh, April of 2013, re-released more recently on Xbox and PlayStation 4. And... Um, is it an HD remaster? I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you. I, it looks like it was made in 2013, but honestly, it's a it's a beautiful game uh, by by any standards. Okay. So it's just like a basic yeah, re-release. I think it's more of a gotcha. basic re-release with you know, there's some new content, some bug fixes, that kind of thing. Well, okay, so they they did something at least. It's not just okay, copy paste for the new yeah, system. We're goodness. done. Okay, so did, okay, so there's some so improvements. It's really Good. cool. It, awesome. it reminds you a bit of Skyrim, but and I, I think in in my opinion, it's better. Um, you, uh, it's a action role-playing game. It's an open world environment. It's a, it's a third person perspective. So there's a little, there's a little division in there too, or, you know, uh, uh, you know, insert any other third person title there. Uh, but you can be a fighter, a strider, a mage, a warrior, a mystic knight, a ranger, an assassin, a sorcerer, a magic archer. You can do so much different stuff in here, but it doesn't just stop with your player. Um, sounds very it's, D&D it's kind like. of D ish. Yeah. Um, you've got vocations and a class system. Uh, there's tactical options. Um, so it's very, very JRPG in my opinion, you you control a party, uh, you go through your character creation and it doesn't take very long. You get to, you know, maybe level four or five, and then you can make your first, uh, character that is an assistant to you in dragon's dogma. They're called pawns pawns are really really neat because you you have a party up to four yourself included obviously your own pawn right and then you can summon two pawns out of the rift and these other pawns are other people's pawns that they've made uh with different abilities and vocations and uh and mentalities because there's different mentalities make a difference as well there's it's a very very in-depth game uh, so you're leveling up your pawn and people can summon your pawn and rate it, give you gifts um, out of the inventories, which oh, is really cool. cool. So there's an interactivity, Huge interactivity. Bit to it. Okay, While your pawn cool. is being used by other people, it's gathering experience, it's gathering knowledge um, because there, there is a knowledge system as well. I should state that as you fight certain enemies, as your pawns interact with other pawns, they're learning from the other pawns fight styles so they can learn a more efficient way of defeating beasts or goblins or dark magic or whatever the case is. There's a reason to have them as well equipped as possible. So other people decide to use them and they gather more experience. So the pawn aspect of it is huge, let alone the rest of the game. Um, I really can't, I don't want to go into it too much because I could probably talk about it for another 40 minutes. But uh, what there what there isn't with this <laughs> is uh, like a co-op raid kind of system. It doesn't seem that, that this is more of a single player PVE experience. However, towards in game, what they have is this, uh, it's like this endless pit that you fall through and you, you fall to the bottom and then you pop back up at the sky and it, it's all part of the storyline. You'll just have to play it and find out. But uh, there is kind of a raid system in there with dragons. And what happens is you have super, super powerful dragons and uh, you have so long 
you know, to put damage on them. Basically, I think it's like a 15 minute timer, but they're so powerful um, when you're in online mode that uh, you can only get so much damage in and the, then the dragon flies away. Well, other players are going into that dungeon too on their own servers and doing damage to the dragon and all of that's cumulative. So you would, you would go in there and see that he has seven bars of armor at, at full. And then you come in the next day and maybe now he's got five because other people have been working on him. And there's a tablet in there that tells you all of the players that have been fighting against this dragon. And if you're fortunate enough, you're the person that gets the the final blow and gets all of the, the loot and treasure and everything that you could ever want. There's also a new in-game area. Um, that uh, is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> so in, in any case, this is, it's a great game that's replayable and the, the storyline lends in, lends itself to the replayability. When you get done with a game, you load back up and you're at the very beginning where you were, but you've kept all of your loot. You've kept all of your gear, which is now better. It's been dragon, you know, mm-hmm. dragon forged because you, you defeated the dragon with, you know, the in-game dragon. There's speed mode where you just go through and, and do the story quests and bosses and you can just whiz right through it, but it's really difficult. There's a hard mode as well. Uh, there's lots of different options in playing it however you want. And if you miss a quest or you bork a quest, you can get it on your next run, which doesn't take very long to get through the storyline. Or you can do all of the side quests and turn it into a, a 50, 60 hour game which is really cool. So it's worth replaying. There's tons of different ways that you can play it. And I'm telling you right now, it's better for a game that was released in 2013. It's, it's better than 99% of the games that are available right now. And I'll tell you from a 2013 game release, it is up there and on par and even more complicated than what Assassin's Creed has to offer. uh, As far as replayability is concerned that it's, (laughs) <laughs> you don't get to the end game. You really don't like you, you, you get, I think there's the, the level caps like 200 or something like that, but you're always grinding out for new and better gear that makes you just more beastly. And you feel how beastly you are as you're going through it. Like it's, <laughs> it's a phenomenal game really is. So I, I recommend it. It's 29.99 right now on Xbox, 30 bucks. Well spent, pick it up. Tell me how you like it. Oh, there we go. There we go. Sounds sounds like a good thing. And uh, when you go to stream it, I'll to, hopefully I won't be either at work or sleeping because of work when you stream VOD, it. VOD, <laughs> bro. VOD. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yes. Saved streams. Yes. VODs. All right. So winding down a little bit here now. Um, so we, we've been kind of talking about several different things the last few episodes. And a lot of it relates to... Um, one thing that, of course, happens every year at the beginning of the year, January, New Year's resolutions. And that's kind of what sparked part of the whole thing about rebranding and all this other stuff we've been talking about the last few episodes and, and different things. And, and uh, you know, start your year off right. So New Year's resolutions. We've both got some. Um, <clears throat> so we'll talk about this kind of real quick, like. Uh, if it hasn't already been made clear, uh, I've been going through some rebranding <laughs> <laughs> myself. In fact, I'm still in the process of because like we've talked about before, it kind of never ends. But right now, um, there's just been a lot of changes that happened. I want to say the, the last quarter of last year, there's just a lot of things that happened that I noticed and even like the first few streams of this year. And so I've been kind of recalibrating my stream a bit. And of course, there's things like the the Streamlabs OBS that we talked about. And unfortunately, there's some other things, Streamlabs, that I would love to talk about, but we won't have enough time in this episode, but probably next episode or the one after, whatever, we'll get to it. It will be there. It will be in an episode. We will talk about this new streamer stuff. Um, but no, so for me, I um, and I know, and I've made this before, of course, my biggest New Year's resolution is, of course, this podcast itself. For me personally, um, I know last year we kind of we had some real ups and downs where we didn't release episodes for an extended period of time. And so this year I definitely want to uh, it's one of those things I want to do a lot better with it. Keep it on time. And so far we're on track and want to keep it that way as much as possible. Um, podcast hype. And I know Sage does, too. <laughs> yeah. Podcast hype. So hopefully uh, I mean, last year we had 12 episodes, which is probably about half of what we should have had yeah. <laughs> given. Well, of course, we didn't start at the beginning of the year either, so maybe, maybe we should maybe we should have ended. Well, it like we had hurricanes, but anyway, we were definitely and family yeah, stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, that that yeah, life things yeah, kind of yeah. mess with it too. So, 
but this year, I definitely want to. I want to start off more on track, and hopefully, this year we can keep it better, and we won't have any sort of uh, impending doom stuff uh, happening, <laughs> trying to wipe us off the map, you know, blow us away. Um, and of course, I also want to uh, again finish my rebrand on my stream. Uh, my stream, I've definitely come to a couple of things because of the way my work is. Unfortunately, I can't stream as much as I want to, and I think last year there was some times I kind of maybe overdid it. Um, because I like streaming and I like to do it, but I started where I was streaming a lot more and then I couldn't keep up with that. So I think this year I'm trying to find a little bit better balance and I'm starting off a little bit slower, uh, just two streams a week right now. And if I can maintain that, I'm good. And if I can happen to build that up to three or four or whatever it happens to be great, fantastic. Uh, so yeah, just kind of some, some, some new goals, some refining, and, and things of that nature. And of course, I feel I've found kind of where I'm going with my stream. So I guess uh, for New Year's resolution on that, it's uh, again, back to the whole consistency mm. is I guess my, my biggest overall overall thing for the year. Uh, on a personal note, maybe a little bit of weight loss would be great, <laughs> but I doubt I'll get that because of the fact that I have certain issues that make it very, very difficult for me to, yeah. to do that. Um, and, and no, I'm not beastly overweight. I mean, I'm less overweight than I was a couple of years ago. I used to weigh about 225. I'm now closer to about 185, but I can still stand to, I just not fit <laughs> a little extra. I got the turkey neck. I want it to go away, but I'm not over 200 pounds. So at least that's, that's good. But I'd like to shape up a little bit better if at all possible. But again, unfortunately, certain, uh, certain medical conditions make, make it very, very difficult for me to really hone yeah. that in along with work life and everything. Uh, so Sage for you, new year's, new year's resolutions. What's on your list, well, man? I, hey, weight loss, weight loss would be great. I'm down 80 pounds, but, uh, nice. Yeah. Good and job. I used to weigh 350. So, you know, at my, at my highest, wow. I never thought I you was, were that big. Yeah. In, in the peak retail time, I got to, Oh yeah. I retail do that. Through, Stress, oh, it was dude. bad. It was bad. So I've lost quite a bit of weight and, uh, but I'd like to get down to 220. So we'll see if that can happen. You know, I got I got a ways to go, but uh, 220 would be really nice. I think as far as stream stuff goes, you know, I I had started the full time streamer gig as um, with the goal of becoming a partner in a year's time. And I think while that is a great goal, having more experience now in streaming than I did just a few months ago. Uh, if it doesn't happen, I'm okay with that. I think partner while it's, it's a great goal to have, I'm seeing some folks with 7,000 followers, you know, some fantastic streamers that are getting 110 concurrent viewers. They're doing a fantastic job and put in their, their uh, applications for partnership and, uh, and they didn't get it for whatever reason they didn't get it. So I think for me this year is going to further apply kind of my own mantra that I tell other people, be consistent, grow your community, have fun, be yourself, know that you have worth and uh, try not to put so many goals in front of myself with the, the streaming piece, because I, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but uh, you know, if I don't, if I don't get it, we'll just, we'll see when that year comes. So I'm not going to be so strict on myself with that. Uh, but partnership would be great, but we'll, we'll see what happens. One goal that is going to happen this year is I am definitely going to E3. E3 in Cali is going to be great. E3. And uh, so I, you know, I'm hoping that there's going to be some great things that, uh, that happen at E3. I think we all are, you know, it'd be great to have some amazing game releases. We'll see what happens, but can I hide in your luggage so I can go too? <laughs> Dude, come with me. It'll be great. Um, so I'm definitely going to go to E3. I'm looking forward to that. Out, outside of that, I, I think it's it's going to be keep the stress down. Keep the stress down. As, as chill as my stream yeah. is and I have a wonderful community, um, I still stress. I still stress and have a lot of anxiety. So um, by, by kind of lessening the pressure on myself to reach – partner uh i'm hoping we'll we'll keep the chill going and you know i've got to keep my own health uh, in mind too and it, one of the worst things you can do is to put so much pressure on yourself and you don't meet those goals and then what happens you you go into a depression now something that i suffer with greatly 
So, and I don't want to do that. I want to keep it fun and happy and lighthearted. So I think it, that's, that's, those are my goals. I'm definitely going to E3. That's going to be a reward for myself for the hard work and uh, for, for what we've done with the community and, uh, and just let it, let it ride. Everything's going to be okay, baby. We got this. We would like to thank everyone who took the time to listen to our podcast. If you'd like to hear more, you can follow us on Twitter at Silas and Sage for upcoming releases, as well as links to our previous shows on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. This has been My Life in Games with Silas and Sage, and we'll see you in two weeks.